more or less awake. I'm not falling asleep during a radio show and stuff like that. So uh, let you know the live chat is open. You can go there and uh, and get started if you want, if you want to write anything or whatever. I'm getting a notice here. Due to limited bandwidth, there's a possibility of significant reduction in your video quality. Oh, that's really nice. Okay. Uh, I got that the other day. Folks, um, what's going on is, um, for some reason, this Internet service that I have is not well so what I'm doing is I'm piggybacking off my neighbor here and um, yeah I'm piggybacking off my neighbor here and uh, I don't think I can I'm gonna go in and see if I can uh, let's see and change the uh, I'll go to 720 here on the uh, the definition here maybe that little thing will stop coming up so um well good okay see it's all right okay <laughs> the uh, it came back up again well you know what the heck with it i don't care i'm going for it i'm going for it okay folks um Lord, I pray in Yeshua's name that this show works, that this little thing right here will go off, telling me that there's low bandwidth, and that you'll provide the bandwidth that I need. Okay. <sighs> Folks, you get to listen. I get to, to do everything that is very frustrating <laughs> sometimes. And I laugh. Yes, I laugh, but it's a nervous laugh. And uh, anyway, so I wanted to run something by you folks tonight or today. And... Um, I don't know. Some of you will, will think it's controversial. Others will think, well, you know, maybe it's a possibility. And then uh, others will just say, I'm never watching him again. Goodbye. Um, so, but, you know, we, we have to look at all things. Even if these things we look at aren't going to come to pass, at least we can say, hey, we, we kind of looked at it and it didn't come to pass and we discounted it anyway at a time. And you know, but we have to look at all things, okay? Now, I don't mean that we have to look at um, uh, at things that are definitely occultish and, and adhere to those things or to use those things to um, validate what we're trying to say. Uh, unless those things validate Scripture, and then, you know, that's a whole other story. But anyway, um, so let's get into this, okay? Back in 2010, yes, way back in 2010, was that 13 years ago now? Um, I wrote a book, and I wrote the writing of the book was spurred on by a talk that uh, we had down at Roswell. We spoke at the military academy. We, I mean, me and a, a fellow named George, Joe Jordan, and um, and it had some pretty interesting effects. As a matter of fact, so much so that we were told that we would never speak there again. If, uh, if the town was going to let uh, us speak, in other words, um, that the, the guys like um, Peter Robbins and, and, and that type um, said that they would never come back. So uh, we don't bring them enough money into Roswell, so hence uh, <laughs> we don't have to worry about going down there and speaking anymore. Um, Anyway, uh, it was kind of neat, too, because, you know, when, when stuff like that happens, it just shows that you were effective. 
And when the enemy, or I should say the other side, uh, goes to the city of Roswell and complains about you, um, especially when when we came at this from kind of a, a spiritual standpoint, that's a good way to put it, um, that people are either going to take or, or accept or reject, okay? And um, these days, people reject it more than they accept it. So these, but these people were having a spaz attack and um, really wanted to make us pay for what we did. But you know what? The payment we're going to get someday from this, from Yahweh, is as uh, far is wonderful, whereas uh, their payback, which is what they were trying to give us, is uh, very childish and um, and petty. But um, so anyway, uh, as a result of that um, talking we did down there to that audience, um, uh, we called it Unholy Communion, the hidden piece of the puzzle. Actually, Joe called it that because he put that on down there. I was just there to speak with him. Okay. And... Um, it was effective. As a matter of fact, um, some of the things I'm going to present to you tonight, um, I brought up there. And, uh, well, here, here's a for instance. And uh, Peter Robbins, who was um, kind of kind of vying for, they all vie for, for attention or for the coveted office of the most knowledgeable UFO person. They might deny it. They might get together and say, no, that's not what we're trying. And because uh, the person discoveries this year would be the most, the most read, the most watched online and everything else. So um, anyway, uh, so what happened was uh, at the end, we had a roundtable discussion and uh, actually it was a question and answer period. I'm sorry. The roundtable discussion was another time. Um, but <clears throat> uh, me and Joe were asked a question. Uh, or basically, it, was, it wasn't really even a question. It was a, a, an attempt to try to embarrass us. But um, So Peter Robbins said, you know, because I, I used a lot of quotes from, by the way, this is the book I wrote on Holy Communion, and I know it looks backward to you, but um, and it says Joe's a co-author, but he never was. He was a, um, he was a contributor, but not a co-author. Okay. And... Um, so a lot of the things that I presented uh, were, were uh, quotes from people like uh, Jacques Vallée um, and other notables in the UFO research realm, not believers uh, in Christianity, that is, or in Yeshua, but believers in the UFO phenomena for sure. And uh, But th these people, all of them questioned whether there was a spiritual component to UFO, um, especially the abduction, but the visitation uh, aspect of everything. And uh, even even the the CE1s uh, and CE2s, you know, Close Encounters 1 and 2. And uh, which Close Encounters 1 isn't even really Close Encounters, just seeing a UFO. So anyway. Um, but uh, so uh, Peter Robbins said, you know, uh, yes, you presented these things from these people, but for every quote that you presented, I, I could present, I think he said 100 quotes that go the opposite direction. And I said, I said, I agreed with them, which really blew them away, I think. I said, but the, here's, the, here's the deal, Peter. I said, the stuff that you present 
has been around for 50 years. And back then it was 50 or 55 years. Uh, it's been more now, but um, I said, it's been around for 50 years. It's been hashed over and over and over and over again. And I says, but now the stuff that we presented has never been presented, uh, at least from the UFO people, you know, you secular UFO people. And I said, and, but now it's been presented, it's been brought out into the light. And I said, the, the only difference between what you're saying and what I'm saying is that uh, now people have a chance to see all the evidence. Every little bit of the evidence now is out there. And um, I said, and they, now they can make an informed consent or a conform in essence, whatever, um, in, in, in their decision. They're, they're not just hearing, uh, <laughs> not akin to what's going on with the mainstream media nowadays, you know. Um, you got 30 or 50 or 100 mainstream media outlets repeating the same parroting, I should say, the same thing, you know. <laughs> it's funny, you see some videos online, you know, it's um, uh, somebody says, well, you know, and, and let's just, uh, Donald Trump is guilty of this and this and this. Well, he, but they, they take other news outlets, you know, and, and they, it basically the same words and everything, and then they play them all together. I think it's kind of hilarious. Uh, the ultimate parroting, but, um, okay, that's annoying. Um, and if you're listening to this, I just moved my light cause it was creating kind of a flare on the, on the screen. But anyway, um, I said, so now everybody can make a decision. And, uh, their main thing that we were accusing them of is, uh, they thought we were, um, uh, was, uh, Put it, we, they said we put the aliens on trial, and, and yeah, and we did. And so, what's wrong with that? You know, if they're truly forthright and everything else, then they shouldn't be afraid of the truth. But uh, people that are afraid of the truth, and I should say, entities also that are afraid of the truth, don't want their their uh, lives or their message to be put out there for everyone to see it, or what's lying behind that message or that their lives. You know, and um, so I think we did a pretty good job. But um, anyway, uh, I'm coming, I'm, I'm saying all this, folks, introduce you to the idea, if you don't know it already, that these things, these entities uh, that they call aliens, um, ETs, extraterrestrial, EBEs, extraterrestrial biological entities, um, are not extraterrestrial. Okay. They're, they're, they're more akin to interdimensional. Okay, and what I'm going to read in a little while is going to prove that to you uh, in light of what these scientists said about it. Okay, um, but and if they're interdimensional and they're not from outer space, where are they from? Okay, and um, even these scientists will will tell you or have said that um, they're more akin to demonic activity than they are to anything that comes from outer space or could come from outer space. So. Uh, and that's important to remember. Okay. It's very important to remember myself. I think they're fallen angelic and, uh, some of the stuff is demonic and there is a difference. Okay. The fallen angels are actual angels and the demons are the, the, uh, spirits of the, uh, once, uh, once on earth called Nephilim says it, uh, right in uh, the book of Enoch, first Enoch that, uh, 
God caused or Yahweh caused um, all these uh, entities, these uh, Nephilim, to get to fight each other with the sword until they were all dead. Okay, and it says that their their uh, spirits will become the demons that will bother mankind. And there's a special way it says it, but that's basically the, the gist of it. Okay, so that being the case, <clears throat> um, it changes everything. And then if you read Genesis six and you read parts of First Enoch. To see about their involvement before the flood um, and in that whole nine yards and then their involvement after the flood and up to this current day, actually. So, uh, no, they're not extraterrestrial biological entities. They're not from space. They're not from um, what do they call the, the, the dragon star? I can't remember. Draco. They're not from Draco. They're not from um, Orion. Uh, they're not from anywhere out there in space. They're from right here. <laughs> okay. Um, now, let's, with that in mind, uh, now you would think that scientists, um, if they're avid scientists, would disagree with that. Well, I've got some, the quotes of some very avid scientists that, after studying this phenomena, basically the aliens, came to the conclusion that... Uh, it's possible, very possible, that these things are not from outer space. So um, I'm sorry, I don't have any video to show you tonight, okay, or today. And um, so it's it's going to be all me schlepping and talking and, um, and everything else. So I hope you can put up with that. Uh, but it's, it's a change. You know, what the heck, it's a change. And, uh, okay. So... And I never started streaming on <laughs> on Telegram. Here we go. If you're trying to listen via Telegram, I profusely apologize. You'll, if you want to watch this, you're going to have to uh, watch it on Rumble or, or something like that. So, with Telegram. Um, if I see that we're having problems with uh, bandwidth, I might just shut it off. But uh, so far, so good. You know, I'm sorry. I'm not superstitious, but, you know, that's it's an old thing that probably needs to go away. <laughs> so anyway, um, let us. Now, in this book, I did these testimonies. I call them testimonies by uh, these, uh, these uh, scientists, okay? And if you don't believe this guy's a scientist, uh, Jacques Vallée, I'm talking about. If you remember the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind, uh, Jacques Vallée was portrayed uh, as the French guy in that movie that was uh, kind of the good guy in the whole thing, you know? And um, so, anyway, Jacques Vallée, a Bachelor of Science uh, Mathematics of the, from Sorbonne University, uh, Master of Science in Astrophysics from the University of Lillet, or Lilly, however you say that. PhD in Computer Science from Northwestern University. Uh, National Advisory Committee in the University of Michigan College of Engineering. Involved. Wow, that was a long time ago. <laughs> um, carefully studied the problem of UFOs for many years with Dr. J. Allen Hynek. And has written nine books and many papers about his research into the UFO phenomenon. What did he, what did he say about this stuff? Okay. Okay. You ready for this? Now, 
this is out of his book, A Scientist's uh, Confrontations, A Scientist's Search for LA 89. Okay. He says, we are dealing with a yet unrecognized level of consciousness That blows away the space brother thing. Um, I do not believe anymore that UFOs are simply spacecraft of some race of extraterrestrial visitors. This notion is too simplistic to explain their appearance, the frequency of their manifestations throughout recorded history, and the structure of information exchanged with them during contact. And again, that was on page 89 of uh, Confrontations. Um, okay. We'll read a couple more, okay, at least. Um, he says, the medical examine, and this is from his book, Conferences, page 13. Uh, the medical examinations to which abductees are said to be subjective, often accompanied by sadistic and sexual manipulation, is reminiscent of the medieval tales of encounters with demons. It makes no sense in a sophisticated or technical or biological framework. Any intelligent being equipped with the scientific marvels that UFOs possess, would be in a position to achieve any of these alleged scientific objectives in a shorter time with fewer risks. Uh, Confrontations, page 13. Fewer risks, and in other words, if you want to get the genome of mankind, four people at the most, okay? <laughs> or if you want to really narrow it down, uh, one person from every race, okay? Uh, one person, uh, a black, or even four people of every race, four blacks, four whites, four uh, Asians. Um, uh, you want to throw in uh, Native Americans? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Um, and then you have the whole gene map of uh, the humanity. <laughs> no, you don't need to do everything unless you've got ulterior motives, like maybe you're trying to create a race of beings that will you'll someday use to uh, try to fight against God or his people. Okay. All right. In, in confrontations again, on pages 160 and 161, he says, the UFO beings of today belong to the same class of manifestations of, as the occult entities that were described in past centuries. Okay. What else does he have to say? This is out of uh, his book, Messengers of Deception. Really good. I read them all. Okay. Uh, he says, impressive parallel can be made between occupants and the popular conception of demons. Okay. And again, in confrontations, uh, page 160, the structure of abduction stories is identical. Yes, identical to the occult initiation rituals. Okay. Uh, confrontations again, page 146. The symbolic display seen by the abductees is identical to the type of initiation ritual or astral voyage that is embedded in the occult tradition of everyday culture. Hmm, that's interesting. All right. From his book, The Messengers of Deception, uh, UFOs can project images of fabricated scenes designed to change our belief systems. Ooh, and boy, is it working, huh? When I was a kid, if you asked people if they believed in UFOs, they'd call you a crackpot um, for even bringing a subject up. And now, you know, what is it, uh, eight out of ten people or something will tell you yes. I do believe in UFOs. Okay. 
Let's see, in his book, uh, The Invisible College, uh, pages three and page, uh, page three and page 201 and page 204, uh, he says, human belief is being controlled and conditioned. Man's concepts are being rearranged and we may be heading for a massive change of human attitudes towards paranormal abilities and extraterrestrial life. That's a prophetic statement right there. <laughs> All right. Now, um, how many of you have heard of Joseph Allen Hynek? Let me see you raise a hands. Just kidding. Um, okay. I am going to go ahead and end uh, this telegram because it's uh, something is uh, maybe not. Okay, it was frozen. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, mentioned Jacques Vallée was the best-known UFO researcher and for our current day and time, that is the truth. He's still alive, by the way, and still working. Um, but there's another man named J. Allen Hynek who was a serious UFO researcher. Um, if you've ever heard about Project Blue Book, uh, you've probably heard about J. Allen Hynek. Okay. As for Joseph, by the way, Joseph Allen Hynek. Um, he has impeccable credentials, and uh, and much of his adult life was, was involved in science. And, uh, and most of that time in, in the investigation of UFO enigma. Um, now, here's some credentials for you. Bachelor's of Science, University of Chicago. PhD in astrophysics at Yerkes Observatory. Associate Director of Smithsonian Astrophysical Observatory, Cambridge, Massachusetts. Head of NASA-sponsored satellite tracking program, part of a 67-nation international geophysical year, 1957 through 1958, it was when he was in there. Um, specialized in the study of stellar evolution, and in the identification of spectros spectroscopic binaries, uh, scientific consultant, Project Sign, Project Grudge, and Project Blue Book, all three of them, folks, three projects from the U.S. government, um, delivered speech on UFOs to the U.N. General Assembly in 1978, founded CUFOs, um, and that's all letters, uh, C or uh, Carl Underwear, Factoid, um, Ocean, Sierra. Uh, that's the first words that came to my letters that came to my head. Uh, that Center for U uh, UFO Studies. All right, let's jump down to see what he said, okay? Because I don't want to go for too long on this. Um, if UFOs are indeed someone else's nuts and bolts hardware, then we still must explain how such tangible hardware can change shape before our eyes vanish in a Cheshire cat manner, seemingly melt away in front of us, or apparently materialize mysteriously before us um, without detection by persons nearby or in neighboring towns. We must wonder, too, where UFOs are hiding when they are not manifesting themselves to human eyes. And let's see, that was, um, he did uh, a project with Jacques Vallée, uh, called The Edge of Reality, uh, Henry Regini Company, pages uh, 12 through 13. Okay. 
Good questions. Where are they when they're not around? Um, in another dimension? The spiritual dimension? Oh, you're over there. Sorry. Uh, um, let's see. Another peculiarity is that alleged ability of certain UFOs to dematerialize. There are quite a few reported instances where two distinctly different UFOs hovering in a clear sky will converge and eventually merge into one object. And I underline this part. These are the types of psychic phenomena that are confronted in the UFO mystery. And let's see. Uh, J. Allen Hynek interview, UFO Report Magazine, August 1976, page 61. Um these are the types of psychic phenomena that are confronting us with the UFO mystery. Interesting. Psychic. Psychic is otherworldly, right? I mean, it's not otherworldly. It's um, a spiritual dimension sort of stuff. Yeah. All right. What else did he say? We can consider the various factors that strongly suggest a linkage or at least a parallelism uh, with occurrences of the paranormal nature. Uh, J. Allen Hynek, interview, UFO Report Magazine, August 1976, page 61. All right. I don't think there's too many more. Let's see. Many UFO reports, he said, seem to be pertain to more, more to accounts of poltergeists and other types of psychic manifestations uh, than to actual solid uh, item nuts and bolts hardware. This is one re of the reasons, he added Dr. Hynek, why I cannot accept the obvious explanation of UFOs as visitors from other planets. And let's see. It says J. Allen Hynek interview, The Unexplained Column by Alan Spraggett, uh, November 8th, 1975. He's been gone for a few years now. Um, okay. Uh, there's a guy named Raymond Fowler. Um, let's see who this guy was here. Um, and we're going to present his, uh, what we call testimony. Uh, let's see. A bachelor's of art degree, magna cum laude, um, from the Gordon College of Liberal Arts, Liberal Arts, excuse me, a tour of duty with USAF Security Service, um, 25 years with GTE government systems as a senior planner for the Minuteman Intercontinental Missile Program, uh, Director of Investigations for the International UFO, International Mutual UFO Network, MUFON. Okay. He has written 11 books on UFOs and paranormal phenomena. He's been a consultant to a number of TV UFO documentaries and also to uh, Time Life books. J. Allen Hynek said of Ray Fowler, he is uh, an outstanding UFO investigator I know of no, I know of no one who is more dedicated, trustworthy, and persevering. Wow, to have Jan Hynek say that about you—that's amazing. Not as good as well done, good and faithful servant, though. So <laughs> good forward to that. All right, and he says here, I have watched in dismay as a number of respected UFO researchers moved from a physical to a parapsychological interpretation of the bizarre UFO phenomena. Now I, too, am being forced to re-examine the UFO phenomena in light of its apparent paraphysical nature. 
Uh, let's see, Remini Fowler, The Watchers, the second design behind UFO abduction. Uh, New York, Bantam Books, 1991, page uh, 15 and 183. And the page 15 is probably in a, um, in the prologue because it's uh, in Roman numerals. Okay. And then we got uh, Ivor McKay, um, a former uh, chairman of the U British UFO Research um, Association, or UFORA, uh, which was one of Great Britain's largest and most influential UFO groups. Ivor made the following statement in Flying Saucer Review. He said, further, if one sets the three occult groups against the three classifications of UFO entities and their characteristics, it's rather surprising how complementary to each other they appear to be, not only through their appearance, activities, and uh, labors, excuse me, levels of behavior, but also in the quality of mental and especially emotional reaction and response that has been noted uh, those who uh, have occurred on uh, contact. And I was in Flying Saucer Review, uh, Volume 16, 1970. Uh, looks like it's uh, pages four and five. Okay, I'm going to skip down a little bit here, okay? And um, uh, Lynn Cato is another one. Dr. Pierre Gurin is another one. Um, uh, John Keel, which was very uh, a very influential UFO investigator. What did he say? Uh, the manifestations and occurrences described in this imposing literature are similar, if not entirely identical, to the UFO phenomena itself. And he said that in uh, uh, UFOs, Operation Trojan Horse, New York, uh, Putnam is the publisher. Uh, 1970, page 21. He goes on again, and he says, the UFO manifestations seem to be, by and large, merely minor variations of the age-old demonological phenomena. And that, of course, is too, is an Operation Trojan Horse, page 299. Um, yeah, let's see. He says also in uh, Operation Trojan Horse, uh, the UFO knots are the liars, not the contactees. And they are lying deliberately as part of a bewildering smokescreen that they have established to cover their real origin, purpose, and motivation. That's, again, is an Operation Trojan Horse. Okay, and then we have Ronald Story. He was another one, uh, quite an influential UFO researcher. Uh, one of them that spoke in, down in Roswell in 2008, like we did, um, her name was uh, Farah Yordozu. And I'm, I've, I apologize if you ever watched this and I said your name wrong, Farah. <laughs> um, but very influential young lady at that time. And um, uh, like I said, she was from Turkey and uh, she's the first female UFO researcher, author of best-selling books in her native language and in many um, let's see, the theologically speaking, she's a psychic and uh, claims a family heritage of such. 
Her work shows a passion for the paranormal in many of its aspects. Okay, that's all we need to know there. And she says, coming from an Islamic country, I'm Turkish. The biggest part of my investigation is alien abductions. Today and in the past, in our culture, religiosity and traditionally, specific beings that we call jinns or interdimensional beings have a very important place. They have been abducting people for thousands of years, but they exist before the Islamic tradition or religion. Uh, yes, they exist in the Quran and Islamic tradition. Uh, religiously, they accept the existence, the, the reality of jinns, because jinns are created by the same God who created us in the universe. My personal opinion is that they used to call, is what they used to call, evil or demonic being is an interdimensional or extraterrestrial being of today. Uh, Ferry Yurdozu, Turkish UFO and alien abduction researcher, voiced during a panel discussion in 2007, Roswell. Okay. Um, another one, Whitley Strieber, he was the one that was actually being abducted. <laughs> um, this stuff is kind of weird and eerie, but um, in his book, uh, transformation on page 96 uh, one of the encounters he said increasingly i felt as if i was entering a struggle that uh, that might even be more than life or death it might be a struggle for my soul my essence or whatever part of me that might have reference to the eternal uh there are things worse than death i suspected so far the word demon had never been spoken among the scientists and doctors who were working with me Alone at night, I worried about the legendary cunning of demons. At very least, I was going stark raving mad. Okay. Okay. Here we go. You want to see what it's like when you're being abducted? And you don't know Yeshua? Well, if you know Yeshua, you usually don't get abducted. I would say 99.999999% of the time you, you're safe. Um and that goes on for infinity, okay? Now, anyway, he says, I felt an absolute indescribable sense of menace. It was hell on earth to be there in the presence of these enemies, and yet I couldn't move, couldn't cry out, couldn't get away. I lay as still as death, suffering inner agonies. Whatever was, well, excuse me, whatever was there seemed so monstrously ugly, so filthy and dark and sinister, of course they were demons. They had to be. And they were here, and I couldn't get away. And that was in this book, Transformations, page 181. Okay, so that kind of gives you an idea that there are a lot of secular people who, after studying um, intensively, or like in Whitley Strieber's case, having a personal experience, came to the conclusion that these things are demonic. And if they're demonic, they're satanic. And... Um, and if they're satanic, it proves that there's a God because uh, there's got to be a love and a, and a beauty to oppose the, the hate and ugliness of uh, these beings, okay? All right. Well, good. We got through that. Amen and hallelujah. Okay. I'm going to get rid of that so I don't try to open it up again. All right. So let me just try to get my bearing here again. I'm going to um, read you a few um, a few notes I jotted down. Yeah, a few. 
Okay. Um, a few ideas, uh, and I'd like to, if you, any of you would like to research this stuff too, that would be great. Maybe we can bounce things off of each other and, and, uh, and formulate ideas. Maybe Yahweh will give the answer to some questions that we all have by using not just me, but two or three of you or however many, um, and that would be really helpful to Yahweh and to me and to humanity for that reason, for that matter. Um, so if you have a like or a desire to want to learn this stuff and, and research and study it more, by all means, contact me, okay? Um, and I always forget my email. I'm going to have to kind of put it across my forehead or something. I'll, I'll get it for you by the end of the show. And, and if all else fails, just go to... Uh, Resistance.org and look for the contact. Uh, do not send a letter to the PO box because it won't get here. Uh, that's an old address on there. So, um, okay, <laughs> right. Where am I going with this? Okay. So we've gone into the fact that um, these uh, beings are not space brothers, but they're demonic and uh, fallen angelic. I think they're more fallen angelic than they are demonic, simply because <clears throat> angels have bodies. <clears throat> believe it or not. They do. Paul's uh, celestial bodies and their terrestrial bodies. In other words, they're earthly bodies and heavenly bodies. So um, the angels, well, we know that they have bodies because they've shown up uh, at times in the Bible with bodies, okay? Um, their own bodies. Um, <clears throat> so they're not space brothers, but uh, are actually fallen angels, and some of the stuff is demonic also. Um, but if you've been kind of giving you the title of the talk in the middle of the talk, um, if you remember um, or have read very much about a recent uh, to let other things happen, okay? Um, and I've presented in a, on the radio before about a false rapture, which I think is going to happen. But um, not that the real one's not going to happen, but the false one is going to precede it and it's going to, it's going to freak a lot of people out, plus foment some ideas that are not biblical at all. Um, <clears throat> anyway, fake alien invasion. So it's been it's been running around the Internet for the last two years at least. Um, and I'm talking about secular people are talking about it online, not, not um, researchers and stuff like that, but it's kind of leaked out. And people are starting to accept that terminology and are starting to look into it. Um, let me present a scenario to you, okay? <clears throat> and later on, I'm going to build onto this scenario. So um, please don't go anywhere. Stay with me, okay? Um, so this scenario, it's, uh, it's a time of distress, um, like the world has never seen before. Wars and rumors of wars, kind of like you should Matthew 24. And it seems like there's no hope, like... Um, there's no no way to get us out of this mess, and that lots of people are going to die, and um, and that may be true, but uh, <clears throat> but everybody starts hoping that that a savior will come. I'm sorry, folks. I I was outside and a spider was on me, and it just afterwards I just feel like there's spiders on me, and uh, it's I think a lot of people feel that way. It's just people like me that say it. <laughs> <clears throat> So the world's in a perplexity that it's not going to be able to recover from. And 
not be able to explain either. And uh, in other words, uh, this thing with Ukraine might be going on, and then there's a, another, maybe another war breaking out. Then there'll be two or three or four really, really powerful earthquakes around the world. Uh, there'll be hurricanes, and there's a lot of famine going on. And uh, uh, monetarily, there's a depression going on, so nobody's got money to do anything. Or it's just a really crappy time to be alive on Earth. Um, not quite, this today isn't quite that way, but it will be pretty soon. I feel anyway. <clears throat> Um, so it's a time of distress and an armada of alien ships. Remember, they're not aliens, but that's what the world's going to think. Uh, land in strategic places around the world. Um, well, like well, every nation would probably have one. And then, um, you know, all the Soviet uh, nation or states that are that exist within the Soviet, uh, excuse me, inside of Russia. Sorry, that's... I, I grew up with that system being a threat, so that's hard to navigate away from sometimes. Um, all right, so, you know, uh, world capitals, uh, state capitals, maybe one for each state in the United States. Who knows? Um, centers of financial strength, you know, the land in Wall Street and um, uh, Geneva, uh, London, Istanbul. Um, and the Istanbul I have for, for actually for something else down here. Um, so they're, they're going to land in like in religious centers, Jerusalem, Rome, Mecca. And I put Istanbul because it's, uh, basically where the Eastern Orthodox church was. And who knows, maybe by that time it'll be a, um, a non-Islamic city again. I don't know. All right. Let's see. Now, there's, there's a, um, in order to win or deceive um, a lot of uh, Christians over, or people that have heard the Christian message or have studied prophecy, but they're not Christians in here, um, that there's going to be some lies perpetrated that are going to try to pull those people away from any thought that they might have had of the, the God of Scripture. Uh, biblical scripture and themselves okay um <clears throat> so uh counterfeit is um is really important now um if you don't know this a lot of you probably do already because i have a very 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 intelligent uh, audience um i love you guys i really do some of the letters and the the things i get back from you uh, are just truly amazing and i'm really a blessed man um <clears throat> but um so, where was I here? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, it's, it's, pardon me, folks, I kind of lost. Uh, military bases will be another place where they land. <laughs> uh, and that's where there may be some kind of conflict. But, um, so, yeah, they're going to try to fulfill as many scriptures as they possibly can. Okay, um, in other words, um, <clears throat> when he comes, it might be so instantaneous uh, that uh, it appears that uh, it happened in the twinkling of an eye. Maybe he's got the ability to tweak time to where he slows things down on Earth, but he comes at, at normal, and so it looks like he, one minute, second he's there, the next second he is. So um, that's a possibility. Um, what else? 
uh, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah, a counterfeits. Okay. The way that, if you've ever worked in a bank, I never have, but I've talked to people and I've read things, and that um, what they do to familiarize uh, new tellers and uh, new people that work at banks, uh, especially with money, um, is they let them handle lots of money at, right at the beginning. They, I don't know how they would do them up in a room every day uh, for 10 hours or whatever, however long the bank is open or people are there. Um, and they let them touch money. Um, not so much in the way of coins, although they can, because that would, that would be a big difference too. But anyway, uh, so they, they, they touch the coins and then when they put them out on the floor as a teller, they, you know, they have them touching money all the time. And they have, so they have experience with the general article. Okay, and that way, all day long for, let's just say for a month, uh, uh, five days a week, or maybe six days a week, depending on what bank it is. Um, so they're touching the money, and they know what the real article's like. But the, the feel, maybe the smell, it smells a certain way. Uh, and money is, is more like cloth than it is um, paper anyway. I don't know if you call it paper money, but um, it's cloth money. And um, so with the knowledge of what real money feels like, when somebody tries to slip them a fake 20, a fake 50, a fake 100, whatever, um, they can tell by feel first, and then they can use, uh, you know, one of those watermarker pens or whatever to, to check it even further or run it by another person that, that works there that uh, is known to uh, be quite knowledgeable when it comes to fake money. Uh, so anyway, that's how they familiarize people. In the same way, in the same way with people that um, know Yeshua, know Yahweh, it's because we spent time with him. We read the scriptures over and over and over again. Um, and we always find stuff that we missed the, the previous times we read it. But um, so we have a familiarity with our Lord and our God that the world doesn't have. And hold on a second, folks. Oh, okay. I thought that was a worthy news article to read off to you, but it's not. Um, so that being the case, um, we're able to tell when somebody false comes. Well, there's a lot of people that go to church and they think that going to church is, is the way to, you know, as long as you go to church, you get your brownie points. And uh, when it comes time uh, to go up yonder, you go straight up. But that's not what Yahweh said. Um, he said, those who worship God must worship him in spirit and truth. Um, and must, uh, it's, it's more of a relationship than it is a religion. You know, you have to to know him in your heart and to to love him in your heart, too. We're uh, people that are are secular and just go to church. They don't do that. Okay. Um, let's see. Let's see. So what else is he going to try? Here's the deal. Um, let me read. Uh, let's see. So what do you uh, let me ask? Uh. I know you can't answer me back, but um, if this guy was, let's just say this guy was coming to, to save us and he would be saving us maybe from a world war. We went into all that famine, um, the whole nine yards, you know. Um, but what else would he be saving us from? Could it be 
that he's coming to save us from a system that has enslaved the humanity. Now, I'm not talking about Yeshua. That's not yet. Okay. But what if this Antichrist or Anti-Messiah or Anti-Moshiach, as we would call him, um, is coming to, in the guise of, of a Messiah, to free us from a system on earth that has enslaved everybody, okay? Like the World Economic Forum and, um, and their, uh, yeah, their Great Reset. Um, and, um, yeah, who knows? Maybe that's why he's coming, you know? Because there's going to have to be a reason why he, he wins the hearts of the world and, and endears himself to the world, and the world worships him. All the world worship the beast, the scripture says, okay? Um, okay. But, um, yeah, okay, let's go here. I've already got these picked out. Uh, Revelation 1-7, okay. Uh, let's see, go over here. Okay, no. Now let's go with Acts. We got to go with Acts first, uh, chapter one, verse nine, and uh, and a few there. Okay. Um, this is when uh, Yeshua had uh, finished his ministry on earth, and uh, he'd already raised from the dead, and he spent forty days uh, wandering around Israel and talking to people, and and spending time with the disciples, who would later become the apostles. Um, so. Sorry, folks, this was the portent that was going to, you guys be quiet. Come here, Billy, come here. So, um, anyway, yeah, okay, so uh, afterwards, said he was going to go back to sit on the right hand of the Father, and he's getting ready to do so, and he happens to be on the shore of Galilee and uh, speaking to the apostles, and this happened. It said, um, this is... Uh, Acts chapter 1, verses 9, 10, and 11, okay? He said, when he had spoken these things, while, um, excuse me, and when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and in a cloud received him out of their sight, okay? Remember that, a cloud received him, okay? In other words, he's going up into the sky, and he's disappearing, Okay? Uh, into a cloud, whatever. Um, if you read some of Wilhelmson's work, he talks about clouds and how clouds are always involved with uh, with heavenly uh, forces coming to earth or leaving and going back to heaven. Um, let's see, next verse. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. We know they were angels. Okay. Next verse which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up to heaven? This same Jesus, or Yeshua, which was taken up from you into heaven, shall come in a like manner as you have seen him go to heaven. Okay? Remember that, shall come in a like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Okay. So, he disappears. He went into the sky and uh, basically went to uh, left the heavenly and uh, not heavenly left the uh, ethe oh, I'm trying to say left the universe uh, to be with the Father who is outside of time and space. Okay, 
Um, and scripture is full of scriptures that talk about that. Okay. Um, but they said he's going to, the way he's going, he's coming back. Now, you and I and the rest of the world, everybody, you know, probably born uh, or, in other words, let's just say 12 people witness this. Only 12. Okay. Maybe some other people on the beach. Who knows? But um, so you and I, we don't know what happened when exactly what happened. We know what the account says. We know that he did go up into the sky and that he uh, he said he was going to go sit with his his father, sit on his father's right hand side, and um, and just administer uh, things with the father. Okay, so since we don't know exactly what it looked like, if uh, if the anti mashiach would. Uh, would want to come back, would be real easy here to do it. Now it mentions clouds, okay, and it mentions the sky. So every picture of UFOs I've seen, especially recently, they've been up in the sky and around the clouds, all right? Every one of them, too, not just a few, every one. Um, so that being the case, if he's coming... If he promised to come back where he was, it was told that he was coming back in the same and like manner from the way he left. So the powers of darkness know this. So when they want the anti-Mashiach to come, all they have to do is uh, present him in a vehicle. Who knows? It doesn't say that Yeshua had a vehicle or not. I don't think so. I think he just disappeared and went into heaven. But anyway, um, if... Um, if the uh, anti-Mashiach wants to mimic what Yeshua did and is going to mimic what the uh, two angels said would happen when he came back, all he's got to do is have him come back in a UFO. Okay, now what if the Antichrist or the anti-Mashiach is, um, is a half or a hybrid? What if he's part human and um, part fallen angel? <laughs> that would make him a Nephilim, right? Um but uh, what if he's an, a Nephilim or of that status with uh, a special dispensation, a special mission given to him from God, from Yahweh? Excuse me, from Satan. Been a long day so far. Um, anyway, he could come uh, in, in a UFO through the clouds and land on Earth, okay? Probably in Jerusalem and probably during some time when the when everybody in the world thought the world was going to end because it was just beyond hope and beyond the scope of uh, humans stopping it. Anyway, um, so he arrives and, uh, and maybe with an armada of UFOs, you know, uh, with an alien horde, I should say, a fallen angel horde um, that's ready to do his bidding anywhere on earth that he asks for. Remember, this guy's special. He, um, he's at least part Satan and he's part... Um, uh, part human, okay? So he is to the evil of this world what Yeshua was to the good things of this world. Um, um, let's look at Revelation 1-7, okay? And this is uh, John in heaven. Um, he was transported up to heaven, and he was uh, shown what Yeshua looked like. Um, and, but anyway, he, uh, this is early on in the whole book of revelation. Um, let's see. I'm going to start it with verse, uh, four, 
chapter 1, verse 4, and go to verse 7, okay? Said John to the seven churches which are in Asia, Grace be unto you and peace from him who is, and which was, and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before the throne. Okay, and uh, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins. In his own blood and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father to in to him be glory and dominion forever and ever amen behold here we go folks behold he comes with clouds and every eye shall see him and they also which pierced him and all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him even so amen and uh, Yeshua ends up the discourse here. Um, I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Okay. So again, we see that he's coming in clouds. I think it's going to be a lot different. Um, I think he's going to come back on a horse and we're all going to be with him because we will be with him in heaven for a short while. And... Um, and so we'll return to him. And then some, some of the the scriptures that I've read seem to suggest that the, the believers that return with him are the clouds, okay? Um, and that's a possibility, but if he's taken up in the clouds, I think he's going to come back. And, and But, you know, the sky's going to roll back like a scroll in the whole nine yards. So it's uh, it's something that's going to happen when it happens, it happens. And, well, if there are projectors during that time or after it, we can watch it or maybe we could just see it in our mind's eye because we'll be changed too after that so or after we uh go to be with him so all righty so um let's see it may be at a time of war or just before the use of uh, weapons of mass destruction we know that when yeshua returns uh, it says that um if uh, he hadn't shortened time, that no flesh would be saved. So things are going to be dire when the real Yeshua comes back. Um, and remember, he's going to have to rebuild the earth afterwards, too. Not tear it down and build it up, but make it like it was in the Garden of Eden. Okay. Um, it may be around the uh, time when uh, Yahweh destroys the nations of Ezekiel 38 and 39. Okay, um, there's going to be a time when um, a lot of people equate uh, the Gog and, and Magog of the, the passage in chapter 30 of Ezekiel. Um, it says in uh, chapter 38 that he's going to put hooks in, uh, in the jaw of Mo uh, Gog and Magog and bring them down. From the north to Israel, okay. So something is going to happen to precipitate all this, okay. I don't know what it is. I don't see it happening anytime soon. Israel hasn't really done anything to piss off the Russians or um, or the Russian leader right now. And uh, the Antichrist, although he seems to be very close in his time of coming, 
isn't here yet. So um, it's hard to tell. It really is. So, yeah, so anyways, uh, what's going to happen is when these nations come and attack Israel, and it says God's going to, Yahweh's going to intervene himself, okay? And it's quite gruesome. It really is. Um, and uh, it's, it's going to be a time when uh, I wouldn't want to be around. <laughs> That's for sure, especially in that warfare and that, that the whole battle scene right there. Um, if you're alive at that time and in that, uh, God help you. And he probably won't because you'll swear allegiance to the other guy. Um, let's see. It may be around this time when uh, Yahweh destroys the nations uh, of Ezekiel 38-39. Uh, yeah, he's going to kill everybody outright. And um, and then offer their bodies to the. Hey, you know what? I gotta read this. I'm sorry, but I gotta. If Ezekiel 38's here, yeah, here it is. Okay, it's reading it and explaining it are two different things. Okay, uh, I've kind of given you the framework. Now maybe we, uh, you can put it together by reading it. If you haven't ever read this before, that is. Therefore, son of man, prophesy against Gog. Say, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshesh and Tubal. And I will turn thee back and leave but a sixth part of thee, and will cause thee to come upon the north parts, and will bring thee upon the mountains of Israel. And I will smite thy bow and thy left hand, and I will cause thine arrows to fall out of thy right hand. Thou shalt fall upon the mountains of Israel, and thou shalt, and thy bands, and the people that are, is with thee, and I will and I will give thee unto the ravenous birds of every sort, unto the beast of the field, to be devoured. Thou shalt fall upon the fields, open field of uh, open field, for I have spoken it, saith the Lord. And I will send fire on. This is the part that's kind of concerning to me, because it seems to suggest the the enemy of Magog, and if at this time the United States is still the enemy of Russia, uh, here we go. He says, and I will send on Magog, and among those that dwell carelessly in the isles, and they shall know that I am the Lord. <laughs> Don't think there's going to be a new. I got news for you. Um, let's see. And I will make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel, and I will not let them pollute my holy name anymore. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. Or I should say Yahweh, the Holy One of Israel. Behold, it has come, and it is done, saith the Lord God, and this is the day when I have spoken of. Uh, and they that dwell in the cities of Israel will go forth and shall sit on fire and burn the weapons, both the shields and the bucklers, the bows and the arrows, and the hand staves and the spears, and they shall burn them with fire for seven years. Man, that's a lot of wood, isn't it? Or whatever else. You know, I kind of think it's going to be a technology that'll somehow convert the, the smelting of uh, steel or something, because I, I don't know. I can't see uh, them turning arrows and bows and stuff like that. Uh, I think it was maybe uh, John was talking about uh, modern weapons of war, but he had no way to describe them. Okay. 
Okay, let's see. Um, okay, so they shall take no wood out of the field, neither cut down any of the forest, for they shall burn the weapons with fire, and they shall and they shall spoil those that spoiled them, and rob those that robbed them, says the Lord God. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will give unto Gog, that's Gog, a place there of graves in Israel, and the valley of passengers on to the eastern sea, and it shall stop the noses of the passengers, all those set flesh rotting. And they shall bury the, uh, and they shall, then there they shall bury Gog and all of his multitudes, and they shall call it the valley of Hamangog. In um, seven months uh, shall be the house of Israel, be burying them that were. Uh, that they may cleanse the land. <clears throat> Yea, all the people of the land, they shall bury them, and uh, and shall be to them a renown. And on that day, that I shall be glorified, saith the Lord God. Um, and they shall sever out of men a, a continual employment, passing through the land to bury the passengers, to bury with the passengers, those that remain on the face of the earth to cleanse the, to cleanse it and to end the seven months they shall uh, shall they search. <clears throat> and the passers-by that pass the land, when they any seeth a man's bone, then they shall set up a sign by it till the uh, buriers have buried it in the valley of Hamangog. And also the name of the city shall be Hamona, uh, thus they shall cleanse the land. Uh, let's see. It talks more about the uh, the birds devouring the flesh. Um, and uh, let's see. I'll go down the line here. Then it talks about Israel being restored. Okay. All right. So you kind of get a gist of, or I guess, or a gist of the uh, the battle that's going to happen. Um, let's see. I got so many notes. I've been writing on the margins and everything else. Okay, I don't want to get into that yet. Um, so, you know, you got this anti-Mashiach or anti on the scene now. Um, and uh, he's probably going to take credit for all that God has done, all that Yahweh did. You know, I was the one that destroyed the, you know, he's going to have the big eye problem, the uh, the middle letter of sin is I. So he's going to really be uh, a sinful dude that um, will take, has the cojones to take the uh, the um, credit for what Yahweh did. Um, okay. You'll take credit for saving and all the nations will, honor and uh, and worship him you know because they saved he saved the world he saved the world from uh, world war three so to speak you know and uh nobody wanted anybody to die and uh this way the aggressors are the only ones that died right um i have a feeling he's going to use new technologies to solve uh, the world's ills okay to some degree, but I think that some of them will also be invented or conjured up, I should say is a better word, about the time he's uh, 
assuming leadership. Um, maybe he'll uh, solve the energy problem and offer free energy. Okay. Circles. Uh, he might perform. Um, clean the air and the water. Uh, make the deserts bloom and end starvation. See, he's going to do all these things and the world's going to love them and they're all going to worship the beast. It says that. But it comes at a price. Okay. Um, they'll put an end of war at work. scripture now whether that's going to be a project looting thing or it's going to be actual fire uh, remains to be seen uh, it's possible that he, he'll claim to have used time travel and claim to have uh, been at creation and at uh, some utopia that he will he will create but we know that's not going to happen right um, he will use um, the armada of UFOs or fallen angels I should say uh, to accomplish many of his miracles. Imagine, um, sister sounded like uh, John Lennon, imagine, or, no, that was Harrison, I think, that sang that song. Anyway, um, just imagine, um, you know, police force of, uh, of alien ships that, that go around the world to, uh, to uh, enforce his will. You know, um, and in those things, there's these giant um, Nephilim, maybe that'll, uh, that'll be a prelude to an army of Nephilim that he'll make later on. Um, now, here's a question I want to pose, okay? This is a question. Uh, what if the anti-Mashiach uh, comes to liberate the world from slavery from the World Economic Forum? Okay, now here's a whole different spin on of course, it's, it's going to lead to another slavery, but um, let's just say that Klaus Schwab and Yuval Harari um, do get their way and are able to start making this, uh, this new world order that they want to put together with the help of uh, all the elites and the Rockefellers and, um, and all the other schmucks that are running around with lots of money. Uh, the Gateses, <laughs> Bill Gates, uh, you name it. Um, so let's just say that uh, they get their way and they're able to make this new world order. And it turns into a time of persecution for just about everybody, okay? Because there's going to be a lot of people that aren't going to want to uh, get into the one world banking system. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to want to grow their own vegetables and not be sufficient or uh, not be um, sufficient. Or what am I trying to say here? Uh, subservient to Klaus Schwab for having, you know, uh, provide them with food. Um, you know, there's a lot of what ifs there. Okay. Um, again, they're, they want in their, uh, electric agenda. So what if you got some guy, a bunch of group of people, nations, maybe that don't want to have that technology, want to keep driving their cars. Okay. Um, and what about the, the depopulation agenda that Klaus Schwab seems to enjoy? him and Bill Gates and, um, and many others and Anthony Fauci's and all those guys that are 
responsible for the deaths of so many people um, uh, with the promise that if people um, protest too much, it might happen again, right? Um, okay, that kind of foundation laid. Let's look at this. Uh, what if the anti-Mashiach or anti-Messiah comes to liberate the world from the um, the slavery of the World Economic Forum? Okay, we just went into that. Um, what if he comes to deliver the world from from the elite, from the swamp, from, um, let's see, from the elite, from the swamp? Uh, most people will be glad to swear allegiance to him. Uh, then, of course, he will enslave the world all over again once he gets into power, right? Um, but he'll be here as a, maybe as a liberator. Uh, not just to, to relieve the world from war, but to relieve the world from a system that is for what seven, ten years, um, or you know that that number is uh, open for interpretation. Then of course he enslaves the world, and that will be uh, rescued only by the real Yeshua Hamashiach, the real Messiah, when he comes. So you have a world in turmoil which is promised everything under the sun by the World Economic Forum, who takes things over and enslaves mankind. Mankind realizes, oh boy, did we make a mistake here, but it's too late by then um, because they're going to get into the, you can't buy and sell stuff unless you, uh, you have a perfect social credit score and the whole nine yards. Um, so they're in power and then uh, people start crying out and, uh, the anti-Mashiach uh, comes to save everybody in the world, but right away enslaves them again uh, because he's going to require, um, as, a, as a tribute to him for saving the world, he's going to require uh, the worship of the people. And what about that worship? Because he's going to set up something in the temple. The temple's going to be running by then, okay? Um and uh, it's going to be something that's called the abomination that causes desolation. So, no, and people have speculated about what this is, but you know, it could be uh, artificial intelligence that finally can achieve sentience. It can finally uh, understand that it, it it exists as a living being. Um, who knows, you know, but. Uh, yeah, that's going to be real interesting, that thing in the temple. I don't know if we'll ever get to see it, but uh, it'll be interesting. Okay. Oh, let's see. Um, one thing I was toying around with, and I don't know, I this is just a preliminary thing, a very beginning of it, but um, in the book of Enoch, it talks about the angels that sinned, the uh uh, before the flood, the ones that uh, had union with uh, human females and and uh, produced the Nephilim through them. And um, it's it gives their name, 20 names. Um, to, and it, um, yeah, 20 chiefs of 10. That's what it calls it, 20 chiefs of 10. Okay. Uh, so because the total of 200 angels fell before the flood. That committed that sin of uh, corrupting mankind and uh, producing the Nephilim. 
Um, so 20 chiefs of 10. So 200 angels before the flood. Okay. Uh, 10 chiefs of, um, yeah, 20 chiefs of 10. Now, what if, and, uh, you know, go with me here. Um, when when uh, the world goes to hell, literally, and, and things start really um, getting intense, an angel's going to come down and lock in a bottomless pit. And a lot of the fallen angels that sinned the first time are going to come out. Okay. Um, and there's, I think, uh, oh, there's there's a small number of them that are really um, that were really the worst that are trapped um, under the Euphrates River. But since the Euphrates is dried up, which Book of Revelation said was going to happen, um, since it's all dried up, uh, their access to these uh, these fallen angels is uh, very uh, precarious to say the least. But um, so if there were 10, if there were 20 chiefs of 10, what if there, there turns out to be 10 chiefs of 20? History repeats itself, and uh, Satan has never had an original idea in this whole existence. Um, so in order to make things parallel with what they were before the, um, before the flood, um, and right at the end of mankind's existence on earth, or dominion over the earth, I should say, um, more angels fall and uh, become the, uh, and, and what about the ten crowns? It talks about ten crowns, ten heads. Isn't that interesting? So are those ten heads going to be fallen angels? Well, a lot of people think that they're going to be men, but uh, what if they're fallen angels? Okay, that's a possibility. You know, we can't really discount. All right. So, whew. Man, this has been a long radio show, it seems like, anyway. Um, so we've been on for an hour and 20 minutes, roughly, folks. And uh, what have we accomplished? Well, we've asked a lot of questions and made a lot of suppositions. Um I would appreciate maybe if some of you started uh, went on this stuff and started breaking it down. I'm going to sure try and um, maybe we can have a meeting of minds or something. You know, it's uh, this show happened because it needed to happen, but why it needed to happen, I don't know. And it's I think that maybe Yahweh has um, has other things for some of you. Okay. I think that some of you are, are preparing or being prepared to to break into the uh, prophetic realm. Man, I hate to say it like that because the prophet, the office of prophet has been corrupted so much in these last days. I mean, it was too in, the, in their former times, but in the last days, it's you're a prophet or an apostle, according to the NAR, New, New uh, Apostolic Reformation. And those two offices get to administer everything else in the church. And that is so wrong. It's uh, the practice of the Nicolaitans, actually. So anyway, folks, so uh, let's ruminate on this stuff. And, uh, you know, you can write down, on, write me a little thing underneath the, uh, the video or um, send an email, which would be cool. And um, let me real quick give you the email address because I think that would be important. Uh, let's see. 
Am I going to be able to? Yeah, I can find it. All right, it's not that. It's not that here. Let's see. Here we go. Okay. The address I'd like to use for this radio show is OTM, that's Ocean Tom uh, Mary, dot host, uh, Henry Oliver Stephen Tony at gmail.com. If you're going to write the show at any time, right, using that email address, and uh, you'll get through to me a lot quicker than sending it to other places, okay? So, um, yeah, got any comments, you got any ideas, anything. Let's work on this together, okay? I think this would be a wonderful thing to work on together, and and um, behold how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. He named Atovu Manaim, Hevet and Shim. He named Atovu Manaim, Hevet Shim Kam Yachad. Okay, that's how it is. Uh, so let's uh, let's work together in unity. Okay. And, um, okay. Um, here we go, Lord. Uh, Pray uh, for this uh, audience. Um, may, the, may the Lord bless them and keep them. May you make your face to rise upon them and be gracious unto them. May you be with them in their going out and coming in. They're rising up and they're lying down. May you, Father, grant them the peace that, that uh, passes all understanding. Cannot be understood, but can be experienced in many wonderful ways. So, okay, folks, I'm going to go ahead and hit it. We'll be, I'll be back on Thursday. Um, keep us in your prayers. Keep Brian in your prayers. Some of our listeners are going through some health issues right now. Other ones are going through other issues. So um, just a blanket prayer for everybody, if you would, please. And, uh, and we'll go from there. So, all right, folks. Oh, and always if, if you... If you feel led and you want to donate, um, uh, like I said, we're not 501c3, so you know you can't claim it on your taxes. And uh, more, more and more people like me are getting away from 501c3. Um, it's an evil system, and uh, we lose too because if you don't give because you don't can't take it off, then we don't get you. You know, so it's a wicked system, and it needs to be abolished, and it will someday. So. Anyway, yeah, so uh, opposing a matrix at givesendgo.com, okay? Uh, for those who have given already, thank you. For those who will in the future, thank you. And for those who can't, well, we're praying together with you, okay? All right, folks, good night. See you Thursday afternoon. Bye. <laughs>